Amen. A round of applause. We greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Just turn around and say to your neighbor, welcome. God bless you. Now, we are going to have a good time. We are going to have a blessed time, no doubt about it. Uh, But now, I just need to announce tomorrow, we are not meeting in here. We are going to meet in the main auditorium. Hallelujah. Just next to the reception. So tomorrow morning, we start at 9 o'clock. Go to the main auditorium, not here, because we will not fit in tomorrow because other people are uh, committed because of work, but tomorrow everybody is available. Amen. We've got Pastor Godwin Shizende from Zimbabwe. Uh, Those that know him, he's one of the pioneers of the message in that country. Not only the pioneer, but uh, a preserver of the purity of the message in that country. Uh, for many years, he regarded the Zimbabwe to be a no-fly zone for false doctrines. Uh, maybe if I caught him, he told his church uh, that if it ever gets to a point where what I say is different from what Brother Branham said, Leave what I'm saying and follow what Brother Branham says. Amen. So we really feel honored and proud to associate with people that can stand, stand and be consistent on the truth, not for a week, not for a month, but for over decades. Forty years later, they've never even deviated for, from that message even a bit. And I think he deserves a round of applause. He's a busy man. It was, it's not easy to convince him to leave Zimbabwe. Uh, but uh, when I gave him a call, he said, I'm coming down. And for that, we really appreciate We're not going to waste time because we want to hear more out of the old oak tree. Amen. Let's just sing a worshiping song. Maybe let's say, welcome, welcome, then he will be coming to the fore. Amen. How many love him? How many appreciate him? Amen. As we all stand to our feet. Thank you, Lord.
Hallelujah. Can we say praise the Lord? I'm so honored to be here at this time. The reason for me to come is because uh, Brother Madiba and his wife, they are very courageous people. I don't have much time for cowards in the message. They are very expensive. They cost us a lot. Uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't been to this country to preach for a very long time. And for a good reason. Because I don't want to waste my time. South Africa is a land of opportunities. That is why so many people flock from so many parts of the world to come to South Africa. They are natural opportunities. Amen. And uh, there, come a, there came a time when spiritually there were no opportunities here. So I didn't see any spiritual opportunities. So last year, because there was real, I believe that if you if the snakes next door and you don't deal with the snakes while they are next door, tomorrow those snakes will be in your yard. So when there was an evil spirit rocking havoc in the message over here, I said, this is too much. This is too close for comfort. So uh, when I found a man and his wife that were courageous enough so that we could, we could fight the battle by their own house. Because when you know what you have believed, you are not going to be frightened by anything that is outside the message. The only authority today, the official opposition of the devil is the message. That is where God is operating from. <clears throat> the battle that was started in heaven and fought among angels will be concluded here on earth being fought by the armies of the Lord that are on earth today. That army is neither Pentecostal nor Methodist nor Lutherans nor Catholic. It is only those that are having the message of this hour. No matter how few they may be but they are armed to the teeth. And the devil recognizes them. Everything else the devil knows. He has already overrun them. Can we say amen to that? So because brother and his wife, they were, they were brave, we were ready to come and take on Obed, the false prophet from Ghana, to dislodge him. That's what we came to do, and we did that. In my own country, we had to deal with a man that was also wrecking Harvard, and we got him locked up, and he's still locked up there. I was the first witness against him in that trial for what he was doing you know, he was a devil that was among the message people. And he was really trying to destroy the message, make the message a laughing stock. Then there comes a time when it's time to act. And we dealt with that conclusively. So we came here, we dealt with that orbit spirit at this place. It was at this place that the battle, the final battle was fought. And it was here when he walked out. When he was thoroughly humiliated. And he knew that he had no chance. Because these people really know. I'm not even worried about demons. The devil himself is under my feet. Hallelujah. If only the church knows what power is in them. Then they wouldn't be worried about all these things. 
So in every nation, if God can find somebody who is prepared to stand in the gap, then God can work with through that one. Amen. It's a, it's a pity that South Africa has really become uh, a bridging place for a, a lot of things. But if South Africa being next door, we can't just let it be. Because snakes breeding next door, they will soon find, if there is a fire next door, that fire will cross your house. If there is snakes next door, those snakes might come to your house. So better you deal with them while they are still there. And those people that are claiming to be gods and Elohim and, uh, and uh, Melchizedek, those people. I confronted, I've, I've told them, they are not gods. They are not gods at all. Does, can God have sugar diabetes? Both of them have it. Both of them have sugar diabetes. So, brothers and sisters, uh, we are here to have a good time together. Uh, today, we just want to speak about the age of unlimited spiritual opportunities. The age of unlimited spiritual opportunities. You might run out of every other opportunity, but spiritually, this is the age. This is the age when there is all the spiritual opportunities. So to make this strong, we must, we must see what the Bible says about it. So the first scripture we want to read. We want to read from the book of Revelations, chapter 3. And we want to read verse 21. to read from the screen because my eyes my my eyes I, I'm 67 years old so my eyes have seen a lot of things <laughs> so if, if I can read from there then I, I may be able to save your time right in the book of Revelation the scripture says this is now the last age the seventh age which is loudest here it says to him that overcometh Will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I overcame and am set down with my father in his throne? Amen. I will read that again. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and I am set down with my father in his throne? The word is always right. All down through the ages. Every other age. They, were, they had many other promises. But in this last age. The promise was the overcomer. Will be allowed to sit. In the throne. Not next to the throne. But to sit in the throne. Hallelujah. It is the age of adoption. It is the age of maturity. It is the age when the, the person that's recognized by God at that time has unlimited authority. When we talk of adoption, 
It was a son that had proved to be a son. He's been tested in every way. In conduct, order, and doctrine. He's been tested on his behavior. He's been tested on his beliefs. He's been tested also on every ground until the father himself says, this one, I'm willing to give him the signature. I'll make him to sign. Whoever he fires is fired. Whoever is hired is hired. Can we say amen to that? And it is now in this age. Can we say amen to that? I'm going to make it clear how it works out to be that way. I wish they had more light. You know, this. Uh, anyway, let's carry on. Can we open? Can we go to Hebrews chapter 6? Hebrews chapter 6. We want to read from verse 1. <clears throat> we want to know exactly where we stand and why we stand there. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. Let's carry on. And of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permit. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost. And they have tasted... uh, Tested the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. For the earth which drinketh in the rain that cometh oft upon it and bringeth forth the herbs meet for them by whom it is dressed, receiveth the blessing from, from God. But that which beareth thorns and briars is, is rejected and is nigh unto cursing, whose end is to be bent. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you. And things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. Amen. I want to go back again and just read. I'm reading on the same one. The reason why I'm taking this, I'm going to show you that this is where we part with the Pentecostals. That is where we departed. We parted ways. It is in in that chapter. In Hebrews chapter 5, it was talking about those that are full of age, that can eat meat. But little ones, they babies, they are on milk. So the Pentecostals, as long as it was milk, they wanted it. But when it came to meat, it was too hard 
When it came to bones, it was too hard. So the scripture then goes on to say, it is impossible for those who have tested if they fall away. If you look again on that scripture, it says, let us leave aside these things, the common things of the faith. Right up to the laying on of hands. And he said, let us go on to perfection. Hallelujah. Let us go on to perfection. So in Hebrews chapter 11, the last verse, it says, God having something better for us, that all these heroes of the faith, that they will be, they cannot be perfect without us. Hallelujah. You are message believers. We just want to read that scripture. Because as you are taking the notes, you are going to meet some other people say, oh, no, no, you are listening to some heresy somewhere, somewhere. I have no time for that. I'm a believer of Malachi 4. I'm a believer. Down through the ages, men and women who amounted to anything with God, they are those who took God at his word. And I take God at his word. I don't believe there are any spare scriptures. Every scriptures, they are there for a purpose. Amen. There's no scripture that was put in, in there in case another, spirit, another scripture fails. Every scripture stands by itself. And if you can believe it and you take it as it is, you can see God work with it. Amen. Mm. So in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 40, we want to we want to look at that. Is that one put can you put it on there? All right. Not fourteen, forty, four zero. The last one. The last scripture there. It's okay. You say, Oh, here we are now for an ordeal. Right here the scripture say, God having provided some better thing. For us, that they without us should not be made perfect. The same Paul said, Let us go on to perfection. Let us leave others here beyond Jordan and let us cross the Jordan and be there where we become possessors. Hallelujah! We begin to be masters, we begin to enjoy. What Moses wanted. <coughs> what Aaron wanted. Yes, sir. Moses never saw the land of promise. Aaron never saw that land of promise. And many of their fathers and grandfathers and great men. And Jesus talking to us in the book of Luke. In the book of Luke chapter 10. He said, blessed are you. For these things that you are seeing. Because kings, prophets, and wise men wanted to see these things. But they were not granted those things. He said, blessed are you. Because you see these things. So, Brother Branham said, in a quotation that I'm going to read. I'm going to read a quotation. Those that are offended with quotations... Your time is up. Don't waste your time in the message. Because the message is quotations. It is quotations. 
When you don't recognize your messenger, you don't recognize the message. You cannot benefit from that. If you have a question about all that, it's because you have not taken enough time. The first message book I read was in 1975. And that book really changed everything. It was the message he that is he knew. And by the end of 1976, I was ready. I started this ch- our church in December. Because I had found the man that was sent to me. The scripture says, I will send you Elijah the prophet. And the Bible says, there were many widows in Israel. But Elijah and Elias, they were, Elijah was sent to the widow of Zarephath. So the people unto whom Brother Branham was not sent Thank you very much. Don't worry. Leave him alone. He was sent to me. He was sent to me. I recognized him. 1975. I had a dream. And I dreamt of the prophet Elijah. Long before we had only one book that we had. Which was the message that is in you. Then we got the message Hebrews. But I dreamt of the prophet Elijah. And that message works in my hands. We want things that work in our hands. Can we say amen to that? So those who really wonder what is it all this about? Are they worshiping a man? Don't worry, brother. If you ever know the principles of the Bible, you will know that when God began to work among the Gentiles, he gave the Jews the seven feasts. It was prophetic, telling them from there all the time right up to the real perfect one, the sacrifice, the Messiah. Then for us, he gave us the seven church ages. From the first church age, which was Ephesus, right up to Laodicea. That is how he gave it to us. And then the authority that he gave us was the seven messengers. There is nothing God does in any age outside of what he has done with that messenger. Every other thing is guesswork. Just like people knowing that Moses is taking people out of Egypt, another one goes to take people out of, out of Ethiopia. Because he's impersonating. Even if he succeeded taking people from Ethiopia and he took them to Yemen, that is nothing. It has nothing to do with God. The program of God was to take people from Egypt to Canaan. But impersonators can run their own. They go also take a people and take them to another land and they say, look, Moses is struggling. But look, we got our people already there. Don't worry about the Bushiris. There's no bushiri about this thing. Let him take people from Ethiopia to Yemen. That's nothing. That's a bitchy job. But our message is taking people from Laodicea to the bright edge. Hallelujah. I'm reading now. This is still introduction. Brother Branham in the message broken systems, the one that was preached in 1965, which is 0123. I'm reading paragraph 36. That if I had to, I would have known before the, if I had if I would have known before there was a world when we were souls, a part of God that we are, 
For we were with him before the foundation of the world. Because there is only one form of eternal life and that's God. And we were part of him. We was not so much that we would know and know and would think and had the being. But we were in his thoughts of what we were before the foundation of the world. Because we are a part of him. Like my son is a part of me and I am a part of my father. So forth. We are sons of and daughters of God by foreknowledge. And back there, if I could have known as I know, and could have looked over the whole span of time, he would have said to me, what time do you want to live? I would have said this time now, just the eve of the ending up of the world history and on coming of the kingdom to be established on earth. I think it's the most glorious time of all ages is right now. Do you see I have the authority to say what I'm saying? The most glorious time of the earth is now. So Brother Branham said, if I had been asked, what time would you want to live in? Would you like, would you have wanted to be there when Moses opened the Red Sea? He says that would have been very nice, but if I had a choice, I would choose to be in this age. Why? Because it is the finality of everything. It is now the real testimony of what God was doing. Can we stay amen to that? We are like the last relay runner. There was a relay that was run by prophets. From Moses, from Abraham, from Job. All those prophets were running and handing each other the baton stick. But the last runner that was given the authority to cover up if there are any things that have been done wrong or any people that have slumbered and walked slowly, the last runner was John the Baptist. He was given that one. And even at the age of nine, he said, give me that baton stick. He said, you are still too young. He said, yeah, but I can keep it. In case somebody drops it. I want to keep it. He went and kept it in the wilderness. And then one day when they asked him, what do you say of yourself? He said, I'm the voice crying from the wilderness. When you know who you are scripturally, you are invincible. The word of God can work with you. They even questioned him. They said, are you that prophet? He said, nope. Are you Elias? No. Are you the Messiah? I said, no. They said, ah, but who are you? He said, I know you are going to be confused with these scriptures. If I say I'm Elijah, you are going to expect the the world to be bent up now. So I know a scripture that is peculiar to me. You must find a scripture that's peculiar to you. That works in your hand. Like David used a weapon that was peculiar to him. That could work in his hand. There's a scripture that can work in your hand. One of the scriptures that works well in my hand is the scripture that delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That scripture works in my hand. It works very, very well because I delight in the Lord. If you delight in the Lord, that is your scripture. Scripture cannot be broken. Hallelujah! John the Baptist, when he picked it up, remember, for 400 years, that baton stick was, was, was on the ground. 400 years, there was no prophet, nothing, nothing. And John the Baptist at the age of nine, when he went to the wilderness, he came under the anointing. He picked it up. He stayed there to make sure that he becomes one with his message. 
He, he was to be dressed the way he ought to be dressed. Conduct, order, and doctrine. You must allow your message to affect you. Can we say amen to that? When his message affected him, when he picked it up, he then said, Job plus Abraham plus Moses plus this one plus Isaiah this is equal to Jesus. He said, this is it. He said, you may say, he said, yes, he's around. He's among you. You don't know him. But he is there. He's already there. He said, what? I saw. He said, yeah. I want people that are confident. Let's pray. Dear God, our heavenly father, the, the hour is at hand. Lord, you allowed many people to be blind to the prophets. They thought prophets were just good neighbors. They saw them as a good man. But some people in that day, they recognized. They recognized the season. They recognized the hour. They recognized the opportunity. They drew something out of those prophets. Heavenly Father, in this hour, there is a message that you sent forth. And you allowed that message to accomplish a lot in many countries. But when it came to this country of South Africa, in the town called Deben, you allowed this message to accomplish something that goes into the history. Something that goes way beyond anything else that's been recorded. You did it for a purpose. Lord, there's people that you have in this land. There's things that you have invested in here that is still lying idle. The hour is at hand when you will shake this land until those people come up because it was not done in vain. It was done for a purpose. Lord our heavenly father, let the true church of the living God rise in this land. Let them take the baton stick. Let them move and let them move and overtake all those people that were impersonating the message. That did not believe the message but they wanted what they could get out of it. They've got the message, what they wanted. They are now resting now. They've now found people that can worship them. But it's up to them. Lord may you raise true warriors true message believers in this land and let them really be anointed. Let them go and shake this land for another revival. For we ask it all in Jesus name. Amen. We may be seated. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you say, oh brother, what about the new person? This thing that you are saying, it offends new people. We baptize many people in our church every week. Every week. We are getting so many people. Our churches are growing. They are growing everywhere. Ministries, ministers, uh, all kinds of things that God is doing. If we are going to just really present something until it is acceptable to somebody that has no revelation about it. You will have them for a while, but after some time they go away. But if someone, there's people that have already dreamt. Spiritual people, they dream about this message. When, then, when it comes to them, as awkward as it looks, they embrace it. They are so happy to have it, even as it is. <clears throat> Can we say amen to that? I think I want to take off my jacket. If that's all right with the people, I'll take off my jacket. Okay. <clears throat> Sometimes we lose the people. We, we don't quite put things together until the people are lost. They are saying, well, what is he trying to say? This is the age <clears throat> of unlimited spiritual opportunities. 
is the end. This is the end of all these things. <clears throat> I'm going to read another quotation. Because I want to put in those quotations. Some of them I put them aside. Brother Brown, I mean the message is three kinds of believers. Three kinds of believers. Paragraph 63. He said, and here we are down to the Laodicean age. And we are taught in the Laodicean age that Christ was put out of the church. And was even knocking on the door trying to get back in. So when we see what's happening, we know what age we are living in. And then we are at the closing of history, the history of the world. The book is now being finished. The last line will be wrote across it someday and she will be closed. And then time shall be no more. There is a great drama being set and angels are standing over the skies watching. You know what a drama is? The actors are ready. You can see them acting. You can see the evil one acting. You can see the villain of the play, how he has come on the scene with his cunningness to deceive. <clears throat> but you can also see the raptured church making itself ready. It's a great scene. You can see the presence of God vindicating and making the great drama that's foretold here in the Bible to act itself out. <clears throat> what a time to live in. The most glorious time. The men of all ages has longed for this time. The prophets of old longed to see this hour, but wasn't privileged. Amen. The prophets and people of old, they wanted to live in this hour. Daniel saw this hour and he said something. When he saw you and me, he cried unto God and said, Lord, let me live in that time. But he was told to go thy way, Daniel. Because it's a long time for you to wait. You'll become old and old and old waiting for that. And he said, these things that you want to know will not be known until the time of the end when the seals are opened. We are knowing what Elijah wanted to know. We are knowing what Daniel wanted to know. We are knowing what Moses wanted to know. We are knowing what Aaron wanted to know. We are knowing what Hosea wanted to know. We are knowing what Ezekiel wanted to know. We are knowing what Peter wanted to know. We are knowing what Paul wanted to know. Because the seals were not opened. But now they are opened. Hallelujah. The people who lived in the days of the first coming of Jesus. They took it very lightly when they heard that John had proved that the Messiah is around. They said, oh, no, 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 no. The Romans are here. Greeks are over there. And all, oh, no, that cannot be a Messiah. No, no. That's a hoax. Because they didn't understand. That is two comings. The first coming, he comes to fulfill Isaiah 53. When Isaiah put on his binoculars, he first spoke about him being born and then after some time he said, Lord, what shall be the end of these things? God said, alright Isaiah, I'm going to show you. Go. And then he wrote Isaiah 53 and he saw how Jesus was going to suffer, how he was going to die, how he was going to, to pay for our sins. He saw all that. But Isaiah did not see Jesus rising. He did not see it. It was hidden from him. There are certain things that God hides because the time is not yet. But when the time things are happening, Jesus began to speak about it. That I am going to lay down my life. In three days I'll pick up. 
I am going to I will break this temple and build it in three days. Mm-hmm. Some of you that sometimes go on the internet and you see some people that are on the internet trying to fight against the message. It's not for them. That's why. I don't worry. To, I don't, I'm not going to go on the internet to talk about Buddha. Buddha means nothing to me. If the message meant nothing to him, he wouldn't be talking about it. The reason why they talk about it is because they are antichrist. It is their mission to destroy the message. But they will only take their own kith and kin. They will not touch us. Because we are sealed. The scripture says when a man dies in the tent, every vessel that's not sealed is going to be polluted. Those men have died in the camp and all the people who are not sealed with the Holy Ghost, they are polluted. But those who were sealed, every vessel that was sealed cannot even be moved. That is not what Jeff Jenkins about it. Who is Jeff Jenkins? Who is he? Who is all those unbelievers? Look, listen. When Jesus talked about his resurrection, one time when he said, I'm going to Jerusalem because this is my line of duty. I must go there to die. What happened? Peter said, no ways. They said, no, you cannot go. We won't let that happen. You being killed. Because he didn't know God's program. Until Jesus had to turn and say, get thee behind me, Satan. So if Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, to Peter, because he was speaking contrary to the program of God, what shall I say to those people? Get thee behind me, Satan. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, where did Jesus died on the cross. The world came to stand still. And when there was an earthquake and the darkness and so forth, people said, ooh, surely this was the son of God. But when he rose up from the dead, the natural man, Caiaphas, Pilate, and all the Pharisees, when they heard that he had arisen, They said it cannot be true. If it's true, why doesn't he come and show himself to us? They were saying, Jesus, if you have resurrected, if you have really resurrected, come and and visit us. He don't come to such people. He doesn't come to those people. He doesn't bother about them because he knows there's no life in them. Even if he came to them, what good would it be? If people cannot believe the word, they will not believe. They will say it's his ghost. But he showed himself to his disciples. He showed himself to his disciples. Some of them going to Emmaus really discouraged. He came and joined them and spent a whole day talking to them. And all the time they were saying, Amen, praise God. Ah, Amen. They were wondering, ah, is this a message believer? What church are you? He said, never mind about the church. Let's talk about the word. Never mind about the church. Let's talk about the word. But when he broke the word, they said, Ah, oh, it is Jesus. And then they went away. They went back the same day to tell their brothers. The king's business required the haste. It required the haste. They went to show that he is, he is a reason. They said he showed himself to us too. When people are walking together, they have a common spiritual experience. When people can't walk together, it's because their experiences spiritually are different. They are funded different. They are anointed different. They are directed differently. No wonder the conflict. Mm-hmm. Can we say amen to that? Those people would say, if he really rose up, 
He should have gone to Caiaphas. He should have gone to Pilate and say, Pilate, wake up. I have a reason. So that the, the whole world will believe. Jesus doesn't want the stones to suddenly break up and become corn. He wants corn to come up and corn is ripened by the S-U-N. So the message that's going around is for the seed. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> the unbelievers that are reasoning on the internet, they are saying, okay, hey, Brother Branham, uh, he said this, he said uh, by 1977, if you read properly, Brother Branham said nobody knows when he's coming. But as he was preaching, he was talking about the visions, the movement of all those things, that the way things are moving. And he even said it many times that nobody knows the time. He says it could be a hundred years, it could be a thousand years, but let's live as if he's coming tomorrow. And in another message, in the message taking sides with Jesus, he said John in his day believed Jesus was coming in his day. Paul in his day believed Jesus was coming in his day. Irenaeus in his day preached and believed that Jesus was coming in his day. Paul, uh, Luther in his day, he believed and preached that Jesus was coming in his day. Wesley in his day believed that Jesus was coming in his day. The Pentecostals in their day, they believed and preached that Jesus was coming in their day. And every true believer believes and teaches that Jesus is coming in his day. It's only an unbeliever who doesn't believe the scripture that says, even so come, Lord Jesus. I believe Jesus is coming in my day. But if he doesn't come, that's nothing. That's not a problem. That's not a problem. Daniel was told, go, lie down. You are going to sleep, Daniel. But don't worry, you won't lose your rank. You shall rise up in your lot. You shall be in your grade. Those that, the group that you were going to stand with, if you were there on the last day, the last group that is raptured, you are not going to miss that because you have lived in another time. You were there, you were borrowed from a future day to help the people in those ages. But you won't lose your position. In the resurrection, in the rapture, we are not going to prevent them that sleep. They will wake up first and we meet them. And then together we go. Hallelujah. I have proved beyond a shade of doubt that the Bible is the word of God. Brother Branham tells us he himself also, he said it's either this is all God's word or it is none of it. There's people who really believe that some scriptures in the Bible (laughs) they shouldn't be there. You see? Which one? You are falling for the devil's folly. God that can direct the birds that we see here, maybe in this country we might have, but in our country we have birds that come from overseas. They are called the stalks. The stalk. Bed with a long beak. They winter. When it's winter in Europe, they come over here in Africa where it's summer. They don't have a GPS. They don't have a compass. They don't have a voted in leader, but they'll fight their way because the Holy Ghost leads them. They will find their way to come over here. And when winter is coming towards us, they fly away. They even sleep on the wing. They sleep while they are flying. God's computer in their heads keeps them directing them. 
So this is, this is not a mechanical affair. It is a spiritual affair. Can you say amen to that? Right now. You know, Brother Branham knew somehow that his message was destined for Africa. He knew it. That the message was destined for Africa. He wanted to come so bad. And here we are. Jesus has been run out of the churches in Europe by the spirit of Sodom and Gomorrah. It has run him out of the church. <clears throat> and every church that's not got the Holy Ghost will soon have gay pastors. Whether they be Pentecostals, whatever, they will soon have gay pastors. Because gay, at the peak of Sodom and Gomorrah, it was militant. It was forced on the people. But those that have the Holy Ghost, they see the devil coming. You can see him coming. And they know how to say no to the devil. Can we say amen to that? Are you enjoying the quotations? Uh, they say this African. <laughs> I'm more than an African. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. It's nothing to be an African. It's nothing to be a white man. There's many white men that are worthless and useless. <laughs> Even the devil doesn't want to see them. Even the devil says, ah. <laughs> I, I must put away the scriptures that I have, the quotations that I have used. So that my eyes don't fall upon them. Because inspiration is connected to those quotations. Here I am reading another quotation. You, some of you that are ministers. I want you to know. When we get yonder. We shall be surrounded by those that went before us. They are going to be asking us this question. What's been wrong with you? What was the matter with you? They will ask. What was the matter with you people? That you couldn't do much with all that. You've got the Bible on your phone. You've got the Bible on your laptop. You've got the Bible on, your, on the computer. You've got the Bible in every form. You have it on this, uh, what do we call this? No, no. The one from Voice of God. The tablet. You got all that. And the quotations. We are armed to the teeth. To deal with every devil. Those that went before us. That believed the message in Brother Branham's day. They, they were. The first, the first things that we saw were real to real. And they, they were not cleaned. But they, God raised a faithful team of people. God bless Brother Branham's sons. That's why one time, Brother Billy Paul, him and his uncle, they were working with Brother Branham. But when the angel of the Lord came, Brother Branham was told, Billy Paul, I've called him to work with you. So I want him to see me. The uncle Howard was left alone. But Billy Paul, he went and said, Billy, do you want to see? Do you want to see the angel of the Lord? And he said, yes. Brother Branham took away the pillow that was on him. And he saw that angel of the Lord. And he's alive today. 
brother Billy Paul is visible, is audible, is tangible, and he's still there. He's still there. No mistake. God called me to work with Brother Branham in the message. Many years ago. And when I came to the faith, I attended a convention of some other brothers that were in the message, that had heard the message from South Africa here, from Brother Nodier. He came to South Africa, to Zimbabwe. They put an advert. And a white, gallant white missionary from England, he saw it in the newspaper. He said, yes, I believe that man. I was wondering, where is he? And he's the man who received the books. And he, he tried to get the message around the people that were with him. He was working with the Pentecostals. And of course, they didn't want it. So, he started a little group with him. Then in 1976, I attended their convention. I had just finished a 40-day fast. I wasn't going to come into this message just to be some cheap follower of some religion. Yeah. No, 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 no. I wanted to know whether surely God wants to do something with me. When God proved that he wanted to do something with me, I removed, I had two scholarships to go overseas to study, to be an architect. I had the scholarships. But when God showed that he wanted me to stand in the gap for this message, then I put away the scholarships. When I went and attended that message, that, that convention, I saw that, hey, there's something that's not in order. You know what they were lacking? Punch. There was no punch. I want something with a punch. It must have a punch. The devil wants something that can punch you. Hallelujah. If you are going to get the devil out, you must punch him. And if you punch him, he feels it. And he takes, he goes away. For you to understand me, why sometimes I behave like a man that is a little bit off his mind. Is it correct? It is off his mind. My mind was not quite on. So now it's off that mind, but it's on the word. Listen, I was a hothead. When I left school in 1969, I joined the liberation struggle at the age of 19. It was then that God in 1971 he saved me and he stopped me from going to train. He wouldn't let me. And then I thought, I don't know what's going on. What is happening now? What is he up to? And because I, I was not somebody that was, I never admired a clergyman. That's why I don't dress like a clergyman. If you see me in my spare time, I'm dressed like a safari operator. An ordinary man with a cap on. What did I see about clergymen? I went to a mission school. What I saw with professional clergymen was very disgusting. I never thought one day I could be a clergyman. I never thought so. But when God called me, when he called me, you see, when God wants you, he knows how to deal with you and he will make you, he wait for a day when you make a stand. And say, okay, Lord, I'm now standing with you. He says, okay, I'm now opening. When you stand for him, and you make a stand for him, 
People may not understand the rest of your life. They say, this man is very lucky. He's very lucky. He's very... No, 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 no. God is faithful. God is faithful. My friends that went overseas and qualified and everything, they are not as wealthy as I am today. All of them. Though they are wealthy, but they are not as wealthy as I am. Why? Jesus said to the the apostles, asked Jesus, they said, Lord, we have left everything to follow you. What's going to happen to us? He said, I tell you, there is no one that left father and mother and the fields and the farms for the sake of the gospel who will not be given a hundredfold in this life and eternal life in the age to come. There's a scripture. See, this is why people don't expect anything to happen. You must live in expectation. There's nobody that has left father and mother and the fields and the farms and whatever for the sake of the gospel that will not be given a hundredfold. One hundred times a hundred. That's why even when you give to the cause of the gospel, you have forsaken your things for the cause of the gospel. You'll be given a hundredfold. If you want to see people that are wealthy, there are people that are generous. Hallelujah. People that are sensitive. When the Holy Ghost speaks and says, do this, they do it and just say, yes, sir. And then God says, right, I owe no man nothing. I'm going to give you ten times more or a hundred times more. Can we say amen to that? The time, the age of unlimited opportunities. This is the time. The, time. The, un, the, the opportunities are unlimited. There's no other area to dwell except in that spiritual. It can work in the physical and make things that are not there to be there. Unlimited. One time I got happy at our church and I said, write what you want. Don't even pray. We will pray. But just write what you want. Because the scripture says, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Our brother here is a minister of the gospel. He wrote something ambitious. He wanted a Mercedes Benz. He even described it and he's got it now. He never paid one cent. One of our pastors in, in Zimbabwe, Pastor Mabugu, his son, he just came to my office one time. He says, Pastor, I just like the way you do things. I said, okay, so, all right, you like the way I do. That's all right, that's good, that's nice. So, one day I was preaching, and he heard it that when I said, write what you want. I said, don't, don't even pray. Because the devil is going to argue and accuse you and that you don't have faith and so forth. I said your faith is up to writing. When you have written, you have done your part, leave it there. Because the scripture says, he will give you the desires of your heart. You know what happened to him? He wrote, he wanted the Mercedes Benz. The day he got married, about two months ago, his own father 
for whatever reason, he was wondering, what can I do for my son? What can I do for my son? Because it's very embarrassing for the son of a preacher. If the son of a preacher doesn't walk right, your ministry is bound. You are going to be embarrassed. So when he said, this son has saved me a lot of embarrassment. He's a good son. What can I do for him? Then he saw a Mercedes that was being sold a reasonable price. He bought it and gave it to him. And got moving elements. Making things happen. Making things happen. Ah. He said, brother, what is this new thing? What is this thing? What are you trying to say? Brother, I believe the scriptures. Living in Zimbabwe, where things are not easy, we have to live by faith. I drive in style. I live in style. I dress in style. I farm in style. I hunt in style. In Zimbabwe. Hallelujah! He said, but brother, how do you do that? Delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Some people are so lazy that they cannot desire anything. If you ask him, what will you have me to do for you? He says, "Uh, let me think about it. Then he says, brother Branham, when he says... Mr. Mr. Henderson, the, that light is upon you. You are healed. Stand up. He remained seated. And Brother Branham said, you have missed it, Mr. Henderson. He said this. Then he said, Sister Virginia, that light is on Sister Virginia got up. She got it. There's people who miss what they can get. You can miss it. Listen to this. A few days after I confirmed that I was coming to these meetings on the 15th, I'll be here on the 15th. I went to another place where they hold auctions. And just as I was, I was going to collect some money because they had sold one of my cars. I was sitting with one of the ministers when my car was being sold. This minister was sitting with me there. He watched this little Isuzu. People bid and they went up to 35,000 on that Isuzu. He said, No, brother, I'm seeing decent vehicles, Toyota Hiluxes. They are not getting there. Why, why this little Isuzu? I said, Brother, that is my car, that one. I said, That is my car. That is the reason. <laughs> this is less than a month old, this testimony. So when I collect, went to collect my money, <laughs> they showed me that from the USA, the American embassy, and them, they were selling satellite, they were going to sell satellite phones on the 15th of December, which is today. Then, I've always wanted unlimited power. A satellite phone can phone from anywhere. Hallelujah. 
everyone, you will always see me driving a four by four because I want unlimited power. If I am followed by thieves and robbers and I see that these people, they really mean mischief, I can run through a field and if they make the mistake of following me there, they will get stuck there. They will get stuck there. I believe in power. Hallelujah. So I, my heart, I thought now, I can't miss that meeting. So I'm going to miss this. The opportunity. Because some of, you see, there's another dark side of this. A satellite phone. It's not easy to go and buy it and import it into a country. Sometimes countries become very sensitive. But when it's already in the country, already cleared, then it's already in the country. There's no more nothing. So I was wondering, I was wondering, I just thought, ah, we'll see, maybe I'll get someone to be there and phone him and say, bid up to someone, carry on bidding. <laughs> I got a shock of my life. When that happened, I had a brother with me. He didn't seem to be interested in all that. And for a certain reason, same things I don't understand, he decided to visit that auction floor on another Saturday, not the 15th. He went there and while he was sitting there, they began to sell those phones. And that brother bid for those phones. And nobody understood what a satellite phone was. <laughs> In the people that was there. He got them really cheap. You know, there is three types of satellite phones there. The Iridium is the top. Which can phone from anywhere, from the North Pole to the South Pole to anywhere. There were three of them, Iridium phones. Then there was also this other one, I've forgotten the name. Another three types. He bought all of them. He said, Pastor, can I see you? I've got something for you. The things you want, I got them. I said, what do you mean? I thought maybe he got the wrong things. So when I finally saw them, I said, ah. That man was moved to sell the thing. When I went to ask for them, when I now had them in my office, I went to ask them, what about, what about? he says, oh, let's go. I, I think they're still here. The manager thought they were still there. But somebody, he just got them and sold them without authority. When God moves elements. When God moves elements, things happen. This man went and said, ah, but they should be here. Maybe, maybe they sold them. He said, ah, I'm terribly sorry. I never told him I got them. It's classified. Brothers and sisters, God means to deal with us until we know, until Jesus said to his disciples, now do you believe? One of the days Jesus said to his disciples, he said, I, guys, I want you to go into the sheep, all of you. And I want you to go right away. I want you to go across over there. I'm going to meet you there. And these disciples, they went in there. And while they were going, they began to talk and said, did we hear him correctly? Is there another sheep coming this way? What is this all this? And then while they were going, they hit a storm. They came to a storm. Ah. 
And Judas began to say, ah, no wonder why he didn't come. Huh? He wants to get rid of all of us. Because we know too much about the secrets of the message. He wants to get rid of us. But the others were saying, ah. They were saying, if only the master was here. And as the waves were growing bigger, they saw him, Jesus, walking on those waves. He came walking on those waves. What was he doing? He wanted them to know that we are breaking away from the humanistic realms. That's what it is to be a believer. Jesus does not want ordinary believers. He wants believers that break away from humanistic realms. When they saw him walking on the waves, and as he got there, as he got there, among them, and he got into the boat, suddenly, lock, stock, and barrel, they found themselves in the other boat, in the other harbor, without moving. Do you believe that? That's the Bible that we believe. And Jesus say, I say unto you, those that believe in me, the works I do, they will do also. Mm. They were suddenly there without it traveling. They traveled like a thought. Are you a believer of Jesus Christ? I am a firm believer that Jesus was the second Adam. Whatever the first Adam lost, the second Adam brought back. Hallelujah. Why did he walk on the waves? He was proving that Adam that Moses wrote about really did walk on waves. The book of Genesis is thus saith the Lord. Because Moses was not there when it happened. But God said to Moses, pick up your pen and write. And he wrote all that word for word. And he said, the believer will recognize this to be God. An unbeliever will stumble and call it all kinds of fables. Listen, Satan and those angels were in heaven. But even there, they still disbelieved. So God is not going to bring some unbelievers in heaven. Because there was still unbelief in there. Yeah. And it starts some other nyaka nyaka there. Yeah. 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 Unbelievers in the church, in the message church, who start some nyaka nyaka in there. Yeah. There are some pastors doing nyaka nyaka. Yeah. Because they are unbelievers. Yes, sir. He says, I'm a believer, but I'm just weak. The Bible says, let him that is weak say, I'm strong. Yeah. They are unbelievers. Oh, brother, you are very unkind. I'm very unkind to the devil. Do you believe these things? Do you believe that Jonah was swallowed by a fish? Do you believe that? Do you believe that this fish swallowed him? And he kept him in the stomach for three days and three nights and he vomited him alive. So what's your worry? The God of Jonah is here. He can still do it. He can still do it. If God ever did a thing, he can still do it. If you've been swallowed by deaths, if you've been swallowed by deaths, we command those deaths to vomit you. 
that we don't want the vom- the death to vomit in the mid sea because you might drown in another another sea as well. They must they must vomit you in a dry land in your post of duty where you can be profitable. I want to be a profitable pastor. I want to be a profitable husband to my wife. I want to be a profitable father to my children. I want to be a profitable neighbor to my neighbors. I want to be a profitable citizen in my country. I want to be a profitable African. It's a purpose. Daniel Prof. He purposed. He purposed. He wanted to be profitable even in Babylon. And when he did that, he paralyzed Babylon. He was, he was still a teenager when he paralyzed Babylon. You can paralyze the kingdoms of the devil when you purpose in your heart. If you are a girl, you know the family change. That in the families, people never raise children, never stay by their husbands, never do all these things. And I say, here I come. Here I come. I come to paralyze that devil. I come to tell the devil that you can do what you want with Eliab. You can do whatever you want with Saul. But I'm David. I'm here to paralyze you. Because I've got faith. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. All things are possible. Mm. Can we say amen to that? I've been with our brothers from America. Many of them. They're not living as good as I live. While I'm in Africa. Say, what, what, what do you mean? I can afford the things they cannot afford. I got people living overseas that owe me money. Yeah. <laughs> and they can't pay. <laughs> and they can't pay. <laughs> what are we talking about? <clears throat> One time I went with Brother Madiba here. We went with Brother Madiba. Uh, we've been going around. Last time I was here, we went with my Brother Madiba. I went to another gun shop because those are the places I frequent because I'm a hunter. I like hunting with things that can work. Uh, Listen to this. You're listening. You're all believers. We must never be afraid to ask God for big things. That's a direct quotation. That's a direct quotation. Brother Branham said it. I'll read the quotation for you. We must not be afraid to ask God for big things. One time for my birthday, my daughter, I've got a daughter that's working in Texas. She works at the Dallas Fort Worth Airport. She's got a master's in environmental science. She qualified there in America, did a master's, and she's working there. She is a manager. My daughter Esther. She has tremendous faith. 
Her other name is Naledi. She's called Naledi Esther. Not a translation. No, her name is Naledi. <laughs> Naledi Esther. She's working there. They had, they had actually refused to, uh, to renew her contract. And she kept, we said, just keep on believing. God gives you the desires of, of your heart. And then God moved elements. And somebody who knew how she worked, he said, I'm taking the United States government to court on this issue. They have no grounds. They cannot. And when she approached him with all the things, they said, no, let's not take it any further. Let's give her. She was given three years. They knew how she worked and there was no reason to have some Taliban or a potential Taliban people with that potential to turn against America working there and here is somebody from Africa the father I was paying 42,000 US dollars every year she was studying there she brought, we brought money in America she studied there we are people that are good to America we believe in America as well we even believe a prophet from there so she said no how can how can they deny such a person somebody will take your battle and when she wrote to them and said this we i'm taking you to court on this issue and they knew they had those people you know sometimes people are on the ground they are high-handed they do things they have not been instructed to do Hmm, that's like haman he wanted to kill mordecai (laughs) he didn't realize that there was a higher authority that mordecai could deal with can we say amen to that? So, I wanted some little gadget that I can use to get rid of pigs and monkeys. Pigs, they come into the field to wreak havoc as a farmer. So, we found the gadget. She had the money. She was going to pay. Hey, we were told, no, no, that gadget cannot leave America. It's not allowed to leave America. The level... America protects. They are not looking for market. They are, they, they are satisfied. They, don't, they protect their technology. They said, not, you can't have that. Ah, and I was wondering. Then God moved elements. When God moved elements, I saw a wonder. It was a thermal, thermal, uh, imaging that sees at night in broad, in real darkness. And yet this was not even on the highest level. But there was a company in our country running the biggest diamond fields. So they imported the latest and the most, the best thermal imaging cameras that cost. Here I got a quotation for 138,000 rands each. That company was using them to protect their diamonds. And when God moved the elements, they lost their license. And when they were fighting the matters in court, they couldn't keep up with their payments. And then the the workers that were wanting their money and the, uh, the 
creditors who wanted their money, they got a writ from the government to attach and sell. So when the sheriff comes to attach, he wants to attach something that is painful to you, so you are driven to go and pay. So they went and got valuable things, including those cameras. They were attached. And then while they were fighting, fight the sale and so forth, the things were just lying there and nobody knew anything about them. Then one day when I got there, I looked, I said, ah, this thing is here. My heart smote me and said, and you know, when it was sold, it wasn't sold as anything precious because the auctioneer knew nothing. The sheriff knew nothing. All the rest of the people knew nothing except me. And I bought them at a price that is just it's not possible. Those things, they are worth in US dollars 25 to 30,000 each. But I bought them for a thousand each. And people really thought, this man, why is he paying all this man? I knew what I was doing. God will allow you to know what others don't know. When you see us carrying the spoken word, we know what we are doing. We know what's in there. When you see us carrying the Bible, we know what's in there. Yeah. When the people, when, when people saw the Shunammite woman building a little house for Elisha, they said, how can they waste money like this? Can't they see this man is just a, a rolling stone? He's rolling from all over here. He's going all over. He has nothing to do with that man. That's what a man of God looks like to the people without the revelation. But to the people with the revelation, they see a representative of God. Somebody that can connect them. That can make their things happen. And Elisha himself was moved by the kindness. And he said, what can we do for this family? Go and ask them what they need. What, what is the desire? Because God said, give her what she wants. So he said, shall we speak to the king for you? He said, no, I live among my own people. And this and this. And then Gehazi said, oh, she has no children. Elisha, it was that open door where God said, give her what she wants. He said, go and tell her, this I am speaking in the revelation of my faith. Go and tell her that next year, by this time, she'll have a baby boy. And come next year, she had a baby boy. God honoring a man on his post of duty. Elisha knew his calling. He knew that he was a he was a component of the ministry of Elijah. I'm a component. I'm an attachment of the ministry of the day uh, the Elijah of today. Yes. Elijah was never going to contend with Elijah. 
When he walked with Elijah, he never said, okay, you have opened. You have done this miracle. I think I can do it. No, 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 no. He never thought one day he was going to do it. God will make you do things that you never thought you would do. One day, Elijah just came and said, Elijah, Elisha, we, we come a long way together. The hour has come when I must go. He said, what? Can we go together? He said, no. Where I'm going, you cannot go. Huh? But anyway, ask what you want. Ask what you want. Wherever they went, the Pentecostals, they were saying, do you know that your master is going to take to be taken away from you? They thought Elijah was going to die. They still believe that. When Elijah, Elijah, Elijah was taken, those Pentecostals, they said, no, the Spirit of God has dumped him somewhere. He, he, he must be starving or he's dead there. I think he was, he was dropped by the rocks because he was preaching too much against the Holy Ghost. Because Elijah did not believe in what those people were doing. Can we say amen to that? So in that hour, Elijah began to sing, only believe. (laughs) Hallelujah! The Elijah that we have had, had the same spirit that Elijah of the Bible had. He began to sing, only believe. And then as they saw the river Jordan, Elisha tried to say, my father, he thought, "Ah, is this old man going to drown himself? What is he going to do? He wanted to say, hold it, elder. Hold it. Let's wait for the... But Elijah was singing on the belief. Then he changed the song. He said, swing low, sweet chariot. And Elisha was following. The man took his mantle and hit the water and the water separated. Do you believe that that happened? That God is still there. He can still separate. He can still separate the Jordan. He can still separate anything that is in your way. He can separate it. And they went across. And across. The chariots came down. And Elisha. Elisha saw them. He cried, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elijah jumped into the chariot. And Elijah wanted to jump in as well. But the chariot lifted up. And as he was saying, my father, my father, Elijah remembered the promise. He took off his mantle. The mantle of Elijah is what we have. This is the message we are quoting to you. This is the mantle of Elijah. And Elisha began to do the miracles. He was promised. He wanted a double portion. And God gave him double everything that Elijah did. The only thing that was missing. Elijah had had resurrected one person. Elisha resurrected one person. But scripture cannot be broken. After Elisha was buried. Maybe two years after he was buried. Scripture was still saying something must be done. Then when they spied an army coming, when they were burying somebody, somebody said, hey, we can just dump this person. Let's put him in this, let's put him in this grave of the man of God. 
when they put him there, this man touching the bones of Elijah, scripture was still waiting. That man jumped up and he ran with them. Hallelujah. Believe as thou this. Believe as thou this. Brother Branham here in the message the angel of the Lord. He said in paragraph E21 right he said he was he was the first one that had jurisdiction over everything in the earth. Is that right? Over all the animals and he lost his power and we are taught in the Bible what the first Adam lost, the second Adam, Christ, restored again to the human race. Then friends, if that's so, ministers, what's the matter with the church today? I am reading the quotation. Friends, if that's so, ministers, what's the matter with the church today? That's what I want to know. If Christ was the missing link between God and man, and he's come to hook God and man together again, what's the matter today? Mm. What's the matter today? If Jesus, the second Adam, he restored everything the first Adam lost. So what's the matter? Do you know what's the matter? Unbelief. He says it's because of unbelief. It's in the message, the angel of God, preached in 1947. Amen. We are still cashing from what Elijah preached in 1947 because of technology. Technology has propagated sin, and the world is really boiling with sin using technology. But people are afraid of doing their best for the kingdom. They'll do their best. They'll use technology in their business. They'll use technology to contact their friends. But technology to spread the gospel, they don't want to do that. This is why Jesus, they said, the children of this world, they are more diligent. They are wiser in their generation. They do more for their kingdom. Than we do for our kingdom. Amen. I've known churches where there's people that are very wealthy. But if you go into that church, you find people sitting on a V boot, you know, a bench like a V. Just a straight piece of plank and two two pieces that it balances like a V. And people are sitting there and they compel the preacher to finish quick quickly. Everything else they can take their time. Spend five hours having a seven-course meal, but they want a 15-minute gospel because they don't believe in it. Can we say some more? Brother Branham here says, when Christ came to become man here on earth and he be a kinsman redeemer, he redeemed man to everything he lost in the fall. Christ restored it to him in the kidsman redeemership. When he died at Calvary, your health, your eternal life, 
Everything that you lost in the fall, Christ redeems it to you. For he is your kinsman redeemer. Your health, your strength, and everything that you lost belongs back to you tonight through the Lord Jesus Christ. He became kinsfolk to take away sin and, and sickness. He redeemed her back everything she had. He plucked off his shoe and made a public ensign that all that come in and out might know that he had redeemed everything that Naomi had lost. And he was in full possession. What a beautiful picture. Amen. Somebody, if you hear somebody say, ah, you know, some people are always saying, Brother Branham, Brother Branham, Brother Branham. Ah, I don't like that. Don't worry. You have, not, have none of it. Don't worry yourself. You don't want to be a Pentecostal in the message. In the days of Paul, Paul was writing a letter to the Corinthians, but he said, when you finish reading at that church, pass it on to the Ephesian church. Pass it on to the Galatian church. Those letters were being passed on from church to church. And somebody says, I don't want to say, Paul wrote, Paul wrote, Paul wrote. Because they never recognize the message or the messenger. But when you recognize the message and the messenger, it works in your hand. Hallelujah. If he has redeemed everything that we lost, that Adam lost, then what's the matter? It's the way we teach. Faith cometh by hearing. We can preach defeat to our people. We can preach our people into defeat until they are ready to be defeated. Saul was preaching defeat to his own people. When David was preaching faith, Saul came and said, hang on, young man, don't be emotional. Don't be, don't be emotional. This is serious. There is lives involved. We know you are not married. You don't have, you don't have children. That's why you talk like this. Here there is people with families. We want to have time to really strategize. To make a strategy. David said, I already have the strategy here. I have the strategy. And they said, okay, he's got a brother here. Let's call and ask his brother. His brother was angry with him. And David realized that courage and faith is God-given. Just being a brother of a man that's got faith will not give you faith. But faith comes by hearing. And David realizing that things are not working out very well, the king is almost persuaded to call off the thing and say, let's make terms. Let's have, let's have a government of national unity or something to work together. An army of occupation. He was trying to work for Amstis, you know, to surrender. And David said, no. He whipped off his shirt and he turned around. He said, your, your excellence, do you see these marks? It's a lion. He could see there are big prints of lion paws. He said, that lion held me like this. But my God, what I felt then, I feel it now. He said, what I felt then, when the lion had its hands on me, I feel it now. I'm ready. I'm ready for Goliath. 
Somebody called, called they, they called Eliab and said, Eliab, what do you know about the lion and your brother? He said, oh, I know nothing about it. There's people who know nothing about miracles in the message, but they are in the message. I'm telling you of these miracles that are happening. I've got a combined harvester that makes a South African farmer, a white farmer, envious at my house. I never paid anything. What I paid cannot buy this bottle of coca of this, co- this bottle of water. And I got it brand new. Because somebody preached and said, write what you want. And I wrote, I wanted that. Huh. You won't see. If, it doesn't mean if you are lucky, you will see it. Even if you are not lucky, you can see it. Because it's there. If there are any farmers here, it is election 570 combine harvester with a getting off uh, maize head, you know, the head that actually goes in front of the combine. The, the head only costs 78,000 US dollars. In the combine itself, more than 400,000 US dollars. I got it without paying anything. That time and now and forever. Do you know what happened? When I wrote that, God moved elements. God moved the elements. What happened? God made it rain in a peculiar way that suited my farm. I was the regional champion of soybean, not for Zimbabwe only, the entire region, including South Africa. I have is at 4.7 tons per hectare. And I was ground. And when the government decided to support people that know what they are doing, they gave me that. And not only that, together with that, I got three new Holland tractors. Two of them were TS-90s. The other one was a TS-120. All brand new with plastics on. And I still have them all. And I never paid anything because God moved elements. I say, brother, you come, you'll see it. You'll see it. Has he ended there? The cell phones I'm talking about, it's less than a month ago. It's just, it's just the beginning of this month. But I've got them. Why? What's wrong with that? How God can do anything. He moves elements. The things that are not there, he can make them to be there. Hallelujah. Does the Bible not say the just shall live by faith? Here is something very glorious about this time. Right. Here in the message, uh, 
where I think Pentecost failed. I am reading from that message. Because as we read from the book of Hebrews, I told you, this is where we part ways with the Pentecostals. Because in Hebrews chapter 5, he says, those that are of age, they are the ones who can take meat and the bones. So if you are new in the message, you are really wondering. Let me tell you, my brother, let me tell you something. In, 19, in 2006, when I was preaching, when South Africa legalized gay marriages, I got very, very angry unto death. I was very angry. And I was preaching. And when I was preaching, something fell upon me. And I said, Zimbabwe will never go to beg from the gays. God will take care of us. And I said, we are going to find new minerals and we'll find even diamonds, but we will not starve. We are not going begging. And before the end of the year, diamonds were discovered in Zimbabwe. The reason why Zimbabwe was able to live with US dollars, it is because people were coming to buy diamonds. People coming from Lebanon, from Portugal, from Amsterdam, all over buying diamonds, coming with US dollars. That's what we've been living on. Until our official currency was US dollars, which is 14 times the rand. That's what is what, what was happening. And you know, people are very good at saying coincidence. Let me tell you, my brother, the same year in in 2007, when I wrote that decree about the combine harvester, God showed me the present, present, this one, this president now, E.D. Nangagwa, and his wife. I saw their inauguration in 2007. I sent my wife to go and speak to his wife and tell her that I've seen you standing in power with all the people standing afar and you were dressed like somebody in a wedding. And I told her she must not panic because these winds that are blowing, they will cease, they will stand in power. And through Brother Temba, one of our ministers, I had an opportunity to sit with E.D. and tell him that. And I told him, as far as I know, that's the only vision that there is in this country about him. And it happened exactly 10 years. 10 years after that. Exactly. He knows it. But I never moved to go there. His wife is a cousin of mine, but I don't go there. But if God sends me, yes, I'll go. But outside of that, I don't go for favors or anything. I wait for God to move elements. If God moves elements, people can do things that they don't want to do. Some of you people that are working here in South Africa from Diaspora in Zimbabwe, let me tell you some years ago, I came over here to help another family to buy a car. And I came, I had only 500 runs that I had when I came that time. I wasn't looking for a car. Then I went to Macro, one of these big, I think it was game or one of these. I bought some fishing things and something for my wife. But then my heart smote me. The next day I went back and returned. I said, I want my money. I dreamt. I had a dream. 
in the dream, I had killed two doves with one stone in the dream. Then while I was wondering what it meaneth, I saw in the newspaper that somebody was selling a car for 500 rands. We drove to some of these farms that are very far away. We went there. We thought it was... We found him. He said, yeah, it's here. The car is here. I said, is it running? Yes, it's running. So we went there. We saw it was there. And much to my wonder, there were two of them. Exactly the same, the same car. Ah, my dream. Exactly. I paid me 500. The other one, I came and told another sister that one that could not afford the car, they went and got that one. And then I had two vehicles here in Jobek to take to Harare. I didn't have any money. But I was not discouraged. No. The car that I got from that farmer had a lot of fuel in it. It had petrol in it. But my own car was empty. So there's another people, another group of people that had come to buy cars but they couldn't and they wanted a car to take them to Bite Bridge. I said, here is a car. Put your own fuel. Let's go. So they put the fuel and we drove to Messina. When we got to Messina, the customs people, they said, how much did you pay for this car? I said, 500 rands. Ah, they laughed. They said, the old man, you are playing with us. I said, no, I'm not playing. This is it. I pulled out. I said, here is the advert. Phone this man who sold this. Then after some time, they said, if it's 500, then there's no duty. Carry on. <laughs> so after we crossed the border, these other people were going to Bulawayo. They said, okay, we are going to Bulawayo. So there was one of these white people from Denmark that was working for these NGOs. He wanted a lift to Bulawayo. I said, there's a car here. Put fuel and let's go. Let's go to Harare. He was going to Mashingo. He put in fuel. We go to Mashingo. The two cars. At Mashingo, I saw people looking for a lift to go to Harare. One of them was a soldier. I said, do you have a license? He said, yes. I said, okay. Drive this one. These are the people wanting a lift. Let them put in the fuel. We go to Harare. The two vehicles. <laughs> and I cleaned up that vehicle. I cleaned up that vehicle. It was bought by Dr. Chaudhry for 8,500. Somebody said, oh, brother, you are very lucky. No, 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 no. There is no luck with a Christian. We are blessed. If while we are talking, you think I'm just exaggerating. If you think it's an exaggeration, let it be an exaggeration. But the people know it because they see it. Oh, you say, oh, oh, brother, what do you mean? What is all this? One time, I was in Botswana with one of the pastors from Botswana and another brother that's now in England. We were trying to go somewhere and this vehicle I was driving gave so much trouble. The whole day, the mechanics were fidgeting and so forth. We couldn't go. I really got angry. When the sun went down. I went into a little caveat. A little bridge there. I knelt down. I prayed. I said Lord. I come from my country. To come to this place. If my journey is contrary to your will. 
and you don't want me to go. I am ready to go back to my own country. But if you want me to go there, let this vehicle start and go. Then after I prayed, I came. I never told them. I went. I don't like driving. I'm not a good driver. Because sometimes I fall asleep. So I started this, this vehicle. It was a Land Cruiser. I started it. It caught on fire. We put out the fire. And the devil was laughing at me. There goes your prayer. There goes your prayer in flames. I said, not yet. I went again. I sat there. I started it again. And it started. And I drove for 500 and something kilometers with these two brothers. Nobody said one thing the whole way. Five hours, not a word. Everyone was wondering what is going on. Brother, when our God comes on the scene, he moves elements. He moves elements. If God can heal, heal a human being, he can heal a car as well. And we went all the way to Hansi, all the way to Maun, all the way back to Harare. And then when we were in Harare, we had a trip. We had to take people out of Harare, some 300 kilometers, no, 400 kilometers from Harare, take some goods there for the church. They went there. And one of the brothers that went there, Brother Temba, went also on that trip. They went there and then came back. Nothing, nobody. And then as I was driving it, with all the sand in it, some white people followed me and said, hey, this is a nice car. This is a nice truck, huh? They said, can we have a look? I said, yeah, sure, have it. Have a look. They tested it. They said, yeah, it's good. They bought it without, with all the things that were in there. They bought it. And I got good money as well. Brothers and sisters, I am telling you this message. When Brother Branham says, for the first time in the history of men, for the first time God has put him, has put people again to be able to say what they want. We are here to break records. We are here to break all the records that's been set. Listen to this message, the new ministry preached in 1959. Sister Hetty, is that right? That I said. Ask anything you wish. Anything your heart desires. Ask it, Hetty. Is that right, Sister Hetty? See, see. Ask anything you want. Makes no difference what it is. Ask it. God has said to me, just speak what she asked for and she'll have it. And he said, ask it now. Just anything you desire. And she did. Oh, my brother, sister, do you realize the day we are living in? The most glorious time when God of heaven will put amongst human beings to ask anything you will. And he will give it to you. Why? It's too deep for my mind. I know that. But I hope that my heart can contain as much of it as I can. I have lived on it. I have thrived on it. I'm going westward on it. I'm entering meetings on it. I'm living on it. God's word is right. Now, as far as I know, that's the last thing to happen. I don't know nothing else what it could be. Just to give 
to human beings, ask anything that you desire, no matter what it is, ask it and it will be given to you. These are quotations. When we say we believe, we in Zimbabwe, we believe the prophet. We don't argue with the prophet. We love the prophet. We love that prophet because he was the prophet of God. And we believe his word. And when we read that, this is the age. Now somebody says, but scripturally, are these things scriptural? That is the question somebody asks. Can we open the book of Galatians chapter 4? Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4, we want, we want to read from this one. If I can have it on the screen. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. But he's under tutors and the governors until the time appointed of the father. This is the time appointed of the father. We as the church, we as believers, we were under tutors. We were acting like servants. A servant cannot just take the key and start driving the car. He might be asked by the master, drive this car and put it under that shade. Yes, he can do it. So does a child. A child is under control. But when he reaches a certain age and he has proved to be a child that's worth every bit of it, then the father will say he will take that child and give him authority. Even so, when we were children, we're in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, adoption of sons back there, it was a special thing. When a son has been going through the tutors, he's been tested in every way, he proves to be a son. Then one day the father will take the son before some witnesses. And he will dress him with a special robe. And he say, hear all men. This day I have adopted him. I give him authority. Wherever he signs, his signature is as good as my signature. If he fires you, you are fired. Don't bother to come and complain to me. I cannot undo what he does. This is the age. You say, but why is this the age? This is beyond Pentecost. Because Pentecost is all this year. The overcomer from Lord Laodicea is the one who goes into the bride age. The bride age is those people that are sitting on the throne. They've got the divine authority. They've got the power to speak. 
Hallelujah. Believers doubt this. There is, you know, because there are preachers here. That's why we make we make sure that we also say these things. Because I've read, you know, preachers they do a lot of things. Sometimes they get someone's message while someone is still back there in Zimbabwe. They run around with it and they preach it, and everyone says, "Oh, what a mighty preacher! What a mighty preacher!" Then one day when you come to Zimbabwe, you meet the men that preach the message. And you are talking about that message in the presence. The man that preached it and the one that brought it here, this man becomes, he tries to cough and try to stop you from talking about that because he doesn't want you to know who is the origin of that message. There are very many good, good sound preachers that you have never seen here. Because they are really on the apostle of duty, trying to do what they are supposed to do. Then there is, you know, this, this, this thing spider that runs around all over. It's called the Jerry Manglam. After some time, he comes again. He's running all over. That is not a, that's not a man of God. He's a wanderer. We must be very careful. He might steal your phone. <laughs> He said, I read the scripture. He says, He that has got two coats, let him give, I'll give away the other one. There is people that are solid in this message. Solid. They believe this message. Amen. Amen. Right. Some of you, the reason why people become wanderers, I'm going to read a quotation here, and that they should stop being wanderers and be solid and wait and see what God is in store for you. Here, Brother Branham says, in the message, I know my Redeemer liveth. He says, if you did, if you did drive this morning here in your automobile, that automobile was not made just to see if it could be made. The material was not wasted by men. It was put here for a purpose and to serve a purpose. The clothing that you wear was not just to see if somebody could fashion something. It was for a purpose. The food that you eat was not grown on the earth just to see if it would grow. It was made to serve a purpose. And God did not have you. God did not have to just make a tree just to be a tree. He made a tree for a purpose. And God did not make you and I just to see if he could do it. He made us for a purpose. Therefore, there is a purpose of us being here. You are not here just to be another human being. You are here because that God made you for some purpose. You are not here just to eat food that God growed. 
You are not here just to live in the house that men built or to wear the clothing that someone fashioned. You are here for a specific purpose. Specific purpose. Brother Branham said, if you worked for a man, it is up to you to go up to him to ask him, what are my duties? What am I supposed to do? This is why the book of Romans said, present your bodies as a living sacrifice that you may know the perfect will of God. This is where fasting and praying, fasting and praying is still there in the message. They still all night in the message. Not all nice to come and chat and chat outside the church and then after some time people in there, then as soon as they begin to pray, they can somebody is falling asleep. That is not under a burden. When you are under a burden to pray, you don't fall asleep. The people who are educated, they were not just educated that easy. They believed in education. It cost a lot. They sleep late. Because they believe in it. If you are going to serve a purpose, when Paul God called him, when he spoke to him on the way to Damascus, after some time he said, no, this is a serious thing. This is an interruption of my life. I need to know what this is all about. He went to Arabia in the desert and spent two years there. He was looking at the scriptures. He wanted to know. He was studying his vision. He was talking to him. Why? He was saying, Lord, why me? Why? What have you seen in me? And God has a purpose for you. A purpose for you. You may never know it until the last days of your life. But if you want to know now, David one time said, Lord, show me my end. Show me my end. Can we say amen to that? I want to close here so we can continue tomorrow with the very issue because there's so much on it. This is the the time of unlimited opportunities where you can have a spiritual project where you can say I know this area, it has never been shaken. For whatever reason, there's nothing happening there. I have prayed and said, Lord, I'm not there to steal someone's sheep. I'm not there to interfere with someone's calling. I'm going somewhere where there is a need. And Lord, I want you to bless me. I want you to lead me. As you are praying, somebody begins to dream about you. Dreaming about you something that you have never put on before. That you will be given by somebody. And yet when somebody comes and says, do you know why I have come? I dreamt of a man dressed like this, coming like this. This is why I came. And when he dreamt, you did not have that clothing. But you now have it. Because God moves elements. Don't be furniture in the house of God. Do something. Be ambitious. Don't be afraid to ask God for big things. Because he's a big God. Don't be afraid to ask God to keep his word. To ask God to keep his word. What is his word? Delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. It's his word. 
Sister Hetty. Sister Hetty said something good. Do you know? Did you know? May we stand? May we stand? Did you know? When Brother Branham, one of the times when the creation of squirrels happened, Brother Branham had even one of the deacons called Tony Isabel. Because the squirrels were created three times. Three times. That's why sometimes it confuses some of the people who don't follow and listen to the whole thing. They just listen to one portion. They say, look at the contradiction. Here he says this. Here he says this. They don't realize that the first time he was hunting in Kentucky. But the, the hunting season in Kentucky closes earlier than the hunting season in, uh, in Indiana. So they went across to Indiana because it was still hunting season over there. And that time, the leaves were so dry. That is where God said, when he couldn't find anything, God again spoke to him and said, do you want some more squirrels? So he spoke again. And this is the time when one of them, they, he could not find it. And that's the time when one of the deacons or something. And then, the deacon was praying and saying, Lord, let it be that when we go tomorrow, we'll find that squirrel so that we will know that Brother Branham has, spoke, has spoken the truth. And yet, when brother, and yet he was there. But when Brother Branham was telling the story, a sister was making tea in the kitchen. She said, Brother Branham, that's nothing but the truth. That's when God said, give her what she wants. When the little fish was resurrected, he had two Jehovah's Witnesses. Amen. When it happened, Jehovah's Witnesses. Those people who were anxious to see, they were really saying, I wish God could show us a miracle. I wish God could see, show us a miracle. Brother Hood had seen a miracle on his son, but here his brother had only heard the discernment. They were anxious, and Brother Branham started talking about Mark 11. And while they were talking, then suddenly something spoke to Brother Branham. And he was told to rise up. And as he stood up, they looked at Brother Branham. And he said, from the mountain he saw this wind coming. And the voice said, speak to that little fish. And as they looked at Brother Branham standing, they could see something's wrong. The anointing was there. And one of the brothers says, Brother Branham, your face has turned white. And he spoke to the fish. And the fish got its life back. And he dived into the water and went away. And this brother pitched and fell in. He fell in the boat there. It was too much. Our God is still the same. We are believers of that. This is the God that we believe. He was creating an atmosphere for a people that can believe that they can leave this world without dying. A faith that can make us walk away from death. What, what Elijah did. Hallelujah. We are creating faith. Is your faith anointed? Are you ready to believe God? Are you ready to believe God? 
We don't want you to blame anyone. If there is something that you want. If there is something that you have a desire. And you would like to write it. Write it. Let it be your secret. And wait. You shall see the performance of those things. Because God is not going to deceive those that are trying to believe him. Brother Branham one time said, this Bible is either all of God or it's none of God. It is God's word. If there is a desire that you have, you write it. You write it. I give you the time. Let it be your secret. And then when it happens, you know very well that it is not between you and the preacher. It is between you and God. Don't come and say, Pastor, I want to show you what I have written. No, 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 no. Don't show me. Don't show me. It's between you and God. We know that we don't want the devil to start arguing with you. And saying, ah, but you don't have faith, but you are backbiting. It has nothing to do with all that. We are just talking about the writing. The desire. Do you know that he has made us priests and kings? After the opening of the seals, it, our position is revealed that he has made us priests and kings. What does a king do? He writes decrees. What does a priest do? He makes intercession. Amen. We have got the power to intercede. Amen. That is point number one. That What you have written, it is your secret. Right. To make you relax. I said it at a certain convention. And the famous man of God that is now with the Lord. That is called brother Gordon Tutani. That was our librarian who was working for Voice of God. He heard what I said. He wrote that he wanted a house. That's what he wrote. That he wanted a house. He needed a house. He was tired of renting and he wanted a house. He wrote that and left it there. And then the coming year, because that was in December, the coming year, he went overseas on business for voice of God. And when he was in some very poor country, one of these poor countries, you know, Eastern Europe, you know, formerly communist countries, when he was there, when he was leaving for Harare, one man came to him and said, oh, by the way, how many children have you got? He said, ah, I've got four, Three. He's got three children. Three, yeah. Three. He said, all right, I've, got, I've, I've prepared some sweets for your children. So he was given a parcel of sweets to take to his children. So he put them in the bag to come to Harare. So he briefcase, wide enough, packet of sweets and everything. He put it there. And even when he went to the toilet, he left the bag with the neighbor. I look after my bag. I'm coming back. And when he go to Harare, anything to declare, nothing to declare. Went through. When he got to his house, children were expecting. He brought up what he had brought them. And then after some time, he says, oh, by the way, I brought you some sweets. Go get my briefcase. He went to get the briefcase, brought in. So the sweets were there. But besides the sweets, 
there was a sum of 350,000 US dollars that was given to him. And he bought the house that his family lives in. That's the house where we held his funeral. If you come to Harare, you can meet his wife, his children will tell you that everyone knows that. Three hundred and fifty thousand US dollars. That runs into millions of runs, huh? That runs into millions of runs. He never he never asked. He never the, the, the person just God just called, told him to it. There's people that are ready to listen to God. And those people will never be poor. They'll never be poor. Because God owes no man nothing. Oh, is this all that your God can do? <laughs> My brother, our God can heal cancer. He can heal all these diseases. He can do anything. But we are looking here in Africa. Our biggest problem. Our biggest problem is we have nothing. We have inherited nothing in the natural. And we are firefighting. But God comes in. If you have put your desire there, you have done your part. If now you know that in your life there is something, a little bit of a gap between you and God, we want you to make your life right. The Bible says, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as red as scarlet, they will be made white like snow. It's the Bible. So that's what it takes care of that sin. Don't live in condemnation. Believest thou this? Believest thou this? Don't be lazy. Have a spiritual project. Something. Sister Hetty was given her sons. Brother Branham says, I give you sons. And God in his wisdom knew she was going to ask for the right thing. But it was opening an age where people can ask what they will. If there is a mountain before you right now and you are wondering what will happen you can't go over that mountain. You can't go around it. You can't go through. But you must go. This is the time when you can say to the mountain, be moved. And that mountain will move. And he can do it. He will do it. Believest thou this? I'm traveling with a fellow minister, Brother Mchengeti. Come over here. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer. But I just want you to know a little something about him. He believed the message when he was very young. Very, very young. But God blessed him. He's very learned. 
He went to university and did something very, very complicated in chemistry. He works for these manufacturers of explosives and so forth. But he went to start a ministry in the remote areas, very far away. And God has blessed what he's doing there. At our main church in Harare, we have married more than 70 couples that are from that church that we married in Harare. Some of the believers you have in this country, some of them, they come from his church. Some of the believers that are in many of the churches in Harare throughout, they are from his effort. But he's very quiet. He's on the post of duty. And when he was tired of knocking around in some old car going to church, that's when he wrote and said, I want a Mercedes bag. I want it white in color and everything. And God gave it exactly like that. Exactly like that. The missionary work that he is doing, it's amazing. We got so many talented brothers in Zimbabwe that are doing exploits. But let me tell you, we haven't started. We are starting now. Whatever we have done, that was just preparing. We are now getting into the real issue. Because Daniel saw us doing exploits. Some of you young people, I know South Africans have got ginger when they are in everything else. But when it comes to the message, they go like this. What's the matter with you? Maybe God will shake you by some other disasters that makes you have no other way. You are forced. Don't wait until you are forced. Move into that space. This is the hour. This is the hour when we are taking our place and we are saying we are the mighty gentle warriors. When those people saw David had killed when they had David killed Goliath. Oh, because it was in the news. Then they asked him, is this for everyone? Or is it for special people? David said, look, I was an ordinary person. And any ordinary person can believe God. If you believe God and you respect God in the way you live your life, you can't believe God only in prayer. You must believe God in the wife, in the way you live your life. If you begin in your conduct and order and doctrine to believe God, then when you are praying, you are believing God as well. You can do it. And those people, they found themselves, one day there was an opportunity. A lion was in a pit on a snowy day. And one of the warriors, when they heard there was a lion, he said to David, I have believed everything that you said. Can I have this opportunity to deal with that lion? He said, I went to kill Goliath by my own faith. I was not sent. I'm not sending you to do it. But if you feel you want to do it, do it. 
the men jumped in and there was a lot of dust from the smoke, from the snow and everything. After some time, they thought, oh, our brother has perished. And after some time, he came out and said, one of them, I'm one of them. He said, I'm identified with David. This is the third pool. This is the time for the third pool. The message we believe is about the third pool. The opening of the things is the third pool. The, all these things is the third pool. It is reserved only for the elect. Let us pray. Lord Almighty God, the creator of heavens and earth, the God who doesn't fail on his word, the word has been preached. Lord, by the power and the authority that you gave unto us, we shall bless one another. We are blessing this church. Every believer who needs anything, it has been spoken. In the name of Jesus Christ, they already have it right now. Almighty God, we are the people, we are the candidates of the supernatural things. Right now, let this be the day that is the turning point for somebody. If somebody needs a car, in the name of Jesus Christ, this is the day, this is the hour. If somebody needs a healing, in the name of Jesus Christ, this is the second, this is the hour. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are binding all manner of diseases, all manner of evil, evil spirits, in the name of Jesus Christ. Enough is enough. Satan, you cannot continue torturing the children of God. The word has destroyed you. You are nothing. Here we are something. We are big people with big visions, with big promises, with a big God. In the name of Jesus Christ, with all these things that we have, we are now putting you under our feet. Tonight, Satan, you are under our feet. We are proclaiming that which belongs to us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are so happy. Almighty God, to be associated with our messenger who said, ask big things. If there's somebody who has asked for a house, may you give that person the house right now. Lord Almighty God, you can do it. In the name of Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and forever. We are here. Lord Almighty God, for your name and for your power. Bless this church. Bless our pastor. Bless brother Madiba in the name of Jesus Christ. We glorify your name. Amen. We've come to the end of our service. I've enjoyed myself. I want to thank brother Madiba and his elders and the officers that are working with him and the wife and children and everyone, I want to thank them. Uh, it has been many years. The last time that I had kind of preached anything in South Africa was when I came to preach a little something at the funeral of Sister Roscoe. I I, it's not that there were no open doors. The doors are open, but I want to be led. And I don't want to go into a situation where I get into some confusion. 
I want to be led. Somebody told me about Brother Madiba. And then the time came when I met him. I met him the time Sister Roscoe died. The history is I had invited Brother George Martin and Brother Roscoe to our convention. But I, I did not tell Brother Roscoe that Brother George Martin is there as well because we are a sovereign church. I can invite anyone. So there was also Brother Babes who preached one of Brother Roscoe's messages and he preached it so well that Brother Roscoe really felt that uh, he needed time to really revenge the damage that had been done to his integrity by this young man preaching one of his sermons. He didn't know that in my lineup, the next preacher was to be Brother George Martin. So he thought he was taking the other service. So when it did not happen, and as he was coming, he, spotted, he saw Brother George Martin in the minister's office. Ah, that is when he was very offended. He took really exception. Uh, he wanted to preach. I wouldn't let him. I said, we as Zimbabweans, we may differ, but we still work together. We still preach. Tonight, you, he is supposed to preach here. So you can hear him as well. So that you know what he preached. So he was, he, there was such an argument that we finally closed without a service. And then he went away, stomped away. We did not have any other discussion. The next time we met, he listened to me and George Martin when we were burying his wife. That's when I met Brother Madiba. Not there. I went there. I wanted to see, to just visit Brother Nkodima's church. Then I met him. Then we began to correspond. But then the, the thing really came on the issue of Brother they, when Obed came. This other man here called Tinashe, although he comes from my country, I had not had the honor of meeting him, but I saw what he was writing on the internet against Obed. I said, yeah, that's a man I like. That's a courageous man. Very bold. <laughs> Many of the ministers here, they shaken, but these two men were not shaken by Obed. And for me, our Obed was nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And for your information, when he tried, when we had the meeting by Brother Madiba's house, and he tried the popular trick of prophesying, he gave a prophecy all my life. I kept quiet. Then I said, does God want to impress me by telling me of this? Something that is even on the internet. <laughs> I want something better than that. Ah, even his friends, they, they, they really, they, this man is a real unbeliever. We really worked on him. And then at this hotel, they made the mistake. We had just blasted him to pieces. They didn't know it. Then they came here to see us. I don't know what. And that is where we really, really took them to. That's where I saw that time that the babes is a Christian. Because we really, really shredded him as well. But he still remained uh, sober. Obed exploded and even started blaspheming. He said, even Brother Branham said things that, not, that did not come to pass. Then I said, then what are you doing the message? If that's the case. 
If I believe there is anything that Brother Branham, that was wrong, I wouldn't be the message. I've said everything I know. Brother Branham had no reason. Everything that he said, that sayeth the Lord, it happened. That's why I mean the message. He said, that's why I left the message. Because there is no love. Yes, there is no love for the devil in the message. So I like courageous people. And brothers, everyone that knows me, I am very courageous. I'm very bold. I've killed three lions. And all of them in broad daylight. No bait, nothing. The other one, we followed them, three lions. We followed them for more than maybe a kilometer. Following them during the day. Until we have a chance. And I shot the lion. You are born that way. But when it comes to the spiritual things, we have had to challenge. I challenged Makandiwa and the angel when they were saying they are making miracle money. I put it in the newspaper. I said they are thieves. They want to steal money from the people. There is nothing. God is not creating money. If they want, we'll take up the challenge. We'll have everyone in the hall and there are people that believe. Everyone says that there's no one with any money. They are believers. Let it be. It will never happen. They are lying to you. The people, the newspaper said, ah, pastor calls angel and Makandiwa, uh, liars and thieves. Headline. And people were calling me. I said, yeah. You know, they'd arrange. They wanted to kill me. Brother Temba had a dream. They'd arrange something. Our God fights. Brother Temba had a dream. That this one of them, he took a gun to shoot me at the heart. But when he shot me, I had a bulletproof vest on me in the dream. And then they were announcing that you are going to see some death and there are so so. We are still there. And they have forgotten about me because everything came to nothing. They arranged with the law enforcement to take my car and they broke through, you know, in the cars, the door panels. We don't know what they were trying to do. And, and then they went to the pollen filter. They'd broken through, whether they put in something there, some chemical, so that when I put in the air con, then I would breathe something and die. God, you see, we are here for a purpose. We won't die until God is finished with us. We won't die until God is through with us. We won't die just because somebody has sharpened a knife. We won't die just because somebody has cocked a gun. <laughs> we won't die just because some people have gone to a witch doctor and the witch doctor has said some abracadabra. No, it might kill somebody else. And they say we have done it only to find you are still there. Because we are here for a purpose. Hallelujah! God bless you, Pastor Madiba. God bless you, Pastor Tinashe. More, I want to work with courageous people in this country. There's a lot of opportunity spiritually. 10% of the population, black population here, goes to ZCC. ZCC, which you laugh at. You laugh at them. But 10% goes there. And they respect their elders. They respect their hierarchy. But in the message, is a lawless society. <laughs> it can never be. There is a command chain. The Roman centurion said, listen. He said to Jesus, I am a man under authority. There is a power above me. 
There is power within me. And there is power below me. So those above me, if they tell me, come, I come. If they say, sit down, I sit down. And those that are below me, I tell them, come, they come. Sit down, they sit. If we are going to be anything, we must have the authority, we must have a hierarchy, we must have a system, we must have something that is solid. Where there is a captain, there is a major, there is a, a lieutenant colonel, there is a colonel, there is a general, there is all those things. But only a rebel like Satan, Satan recognizes no power above him. He only sees the power in him and the power below him. The amount of respect the devil demands from all the demons. Some of them want to ask him, how come you didn't want to respect Michael? He said, shut up. We are not rebels. Do you, know, do you want to know who is above you? Those that came before you. The elders. How can Timothy suddenly be voted to be pastor of Paul? Said by the power of the vote of the people. <laughs> I'm now the pastor. No. Timothy recognized Paul. Amen. In any society, there is, there is a system. There is a hierarchy. There is a pastor in a church. There is the deacons. There is the trustees. There is some ministers of the fivefold. If they are around all of them, they are subject to the local pastor. But their position in the fivefold ministry is not on condition that somebody accepts them. Because God has given some to be apostles, some to be pastors, some teachers, some evangelists. Once they are identified as real fivefold, we give them the respect. Amen. Do we have South African young people that want to also get into the ministry? Young people. Do we have South African young people that want to be? This is the time. When there's a war going on, that's the time to join the army. We need, we need, we need soldiers. We need soldiers. Amen. Amen. As we stand, we're going to wrap up. T.B. Joshua is a, a false prophet from Nigeria. He wanted to go to Zimbabwe. The man that is preaching here blocked him. Amen. And advised the government that we know the true prophet. T.B. Joshua is not the true prophet. We want, Brother Bram says, if the church can know its position, it will have an impact on the community. Yes. How many believe that? Yes. Amen. We thank God for sending Brother Brenham in the end time. Yes. This message, folks, has got power. 
some of you may not understand why he preached the way he preached. The Zimbabwean economy collapsed. There was no means. The only thing that they could tap into during that time, it was the right mental attitude to once any divine promise of God will make it come to pass. So the message became the economy of the country. I repeat, the message became the economy of the country. Even now. Amen. All right, let's sing a worshiping song. And then we are going to go tomorrow, 9 o'clock, we meet in the main auditorium. We are not ashamed of our prophet. We are not ashamed of our message. We are not ashamed of our elders. We are not ashamed of our faith. Hallelujah. How many believe that? This message will never lose power. Turn around and tell your neighbor, this message will never lose power. I believe that 100%. Hallelujah. The message of William Brenham will never lose power. One day it will transform your body. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are just starting. We are just starting. We appreciate the elder for such a wonderful service. He just wanted to lift up your faith so that you know that all things are possible to them that believe. Amen. Let's sing a worshiping song. Yes. Yes. We proclaim All over the church, let's join in. In the We proclaim victory.
you, Lord Jesus. We proclaim victory tonight. Thank you, Lord Jesus. for the wait. Let's say, heal your people, heal the land. There is still balm in Jerusalem. Amen. I was in Zimbabwe the other time, and after church, a certain lady came to me and said, Pastor, I was driving to church, my car is not right. You mind to lay hands on my car? And out of respect of her faith, I prayed for the car. And then that's when we departed. I went for the second time. She called me and said, you remember the last time when you were here, you said, pray for my car. It has never given me a problem from since that time. It was not the power of my prayer. It was the power of her attitude towards the divine promise of God. You know, Maybe what the elder had shared to an unbelieving eye, some would say, is an exaggeration. Many years ago, Brother Theo Erasmus, the late Brother Theo Erasmus, told of a testimony of the sisters that had gone to the mall. And while they, had been, while they were shopping in the mall, the thieves tampered with the car and removed the battery because they wanted to rob the, the sisters. They closed the car, removed the battery, and they hid somewhere. Now, when the sisters came, they did not know what had happened. They got into the car. They started the car. The car started without a battery. Without a battery. They drove all the way, 10 kilometers. When they got home, they parked the car. And the husband wanted to take the car out. She tried, he tried to start the car. The car couldn't start. He opened the bonnet. Hallelujah. 
The bed was not there. <laughs> I believe that it must have shocked the thieves. I don't mind where you are. God will protect you. God will protect you. Heal your people. Brother Philip, if you can come and wrap up in prayer, well, we release you to go home. Amen. Let's have time for the way the rugby people can stay in a rugby match for long. How many know that? Amen. Heal your people. Heal Heal your people. Heal the land. There's still power. many believe that my soul is longing eternal father lord we're so grateful lord for your grace and your mercy that's upon us oh lord and oh lord just to know lord just to hear those words lord that brother benham asked which is the best time to live in our lord and he said this is the time many prophets before us lord had great times great miracles but this is the time lord let me realize lord that this is the time of the change of the body oh lord god this is the end time, my Lord God, where no man will just walk in, our Lord. We'll have to be changed, our Lord God. And, oh Lord, it's only by the preaching of the word, our Lord, that we can have 
faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. And oh Lord God, we're so grateful for the fivefold ministry, Lord God. And oh Lord God, help us not to neglect these things, O Lord. Or to even say one word against the fivefold ministry, O Lord. Even our prophet, O Lord. Just to keep our mouths shut, O Lord God. Our eyes closed to these things that are going around, O Lord God. And all of we just think of Moses, how he, he, uh, he elected ministers of Moses was elected, O Lord God. And Lord, even in our time, O Lord, we realize, O Lord, that there is ministers elected for Malachi 4, O Lord God, to take it forward, O Lord, to take this message forward right into the millennium, O Lord. And Lord, we're so grateful for that, O Lord, help us, O Lord. And we think of Jesus when he said, do you now believe, O Lord God? Help us, Lord, to do away with this, our unbelief, Lord, and just hear those words as this, this weekend, our Lord, at the end of this message, this weekend, that we will say, yes, we believe in what's happening, our Lord God. Help us, Lord, to just, just to receive, our Lord, open up our hearts, our Lord, and not to be disbelieving, our Lord, but just to see you in the, in the, the message that is coming through our brother, Lord God. Go with us further, Lord. And we're looking forward tomorrow morning, our Lord, just to hear more of these, these, these great talents that are coming out of, our, out of the lips, Lord, of our brother, Lord God. And we pray, Lord, that thou will be done, Lord, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And then let's just say, reign, King Jesus. Reign, King Jesus. Then thereafter, you'll be dismissed. Till we see you tomorrow, 9 o'clock. Remember, we are not using this venue. We are using the auditorium next to the reception. And we'll start at 9 o'clock. God bless you richly. How many have been blessed? How many people's faith has been strengthened? Amen. Don't listen to these Tommy Roths that are trying to criticize the message. Amen. Alright, because there's going to be a bit of movement in terms of the equipment and the setup, we request the young brothers to remain behind. Young brothers, even if you feel young at heart. Amen. God bless you richly. Ring, reign, King Jesus. Reign, King Jesus.
Bosan.